0: You can't judge me, only God can. Ever heard that before? I remember the first time I was told that, at, the, at least the first time that I remember being told that in a very serious conversation. I confronted a friend of mine who was clearly living his life day to day throughout the weekend on the weekends in a way that didn't really quite line up with who he claimed to be as a Christian. I remember praying about it, saying, okay, Lord, clearly in the gospel you say this. I see that, let's just call him Fred, is doing something that is not really good for him. It's not according to the gospel. It's not good for him spiritually, emotionally, mentally, bodily. It's not good for him, so what should I do? Should I go and tell him about it? Not to accuse him or anything. Not to get on my high horse and say, hey, you need to cut that out because look at how much better I am. So I pray about it, I confront him with it, and he says, Matthew, you can't judge me, only God can. Talk about work yourself up and say, oh, I have a hard conversation, and then something that piercing can just totally deflate the entire situation. And it's really unfortunate, because it's true that only God can judge us, but we have a God who fortunately, by His grace, invites us into that moment of, quote-unquote, judgment, to be able to see Someone as good and see their actions as either good or sinful Either good or sinful either. We're going towards the Lord or we're not And to be able to call them out in that with true actual love with charity To say what you're doing here is not good for you, and I don't want that for you. So maybe you should stop Fraternal correction is what we call that in seminary fraternal correction Which sounds like this weird on a new-agey fraternal correction. Let me correct you because I love you fraternally. But really, that's the truth of it. That word correction means to straighten or to guide. I want to guide you because I see you as a brother, as a sister, as someone that I love and I cherish, and I want the best for you, so I'm going to offer this feedback to you so that you can benefit and the rest of the church benefits. Because it's not a one-sided thing. When we offer correction to someone, it shouldn't be only for their sake. It should be for the sake of all of us. Because when we sin, as much as we like to think that I can sin in private, there is no such thing as a private sin. Sin affects me, it affects the Lord my relationship with Him, and it affects the church, it affects you. Whether we will ever know that or recognize it or see the effects of it or not on this side of heaven, sin always destroys. But you know, even good things can destroy. I'm the director and chaplain of an an apostolate in the diocese called Courage, which is the Catholic apostolate to men and women with same-sex attraction who seek to live the church's teaching, understand a little bit more, and we have a great community of people. But one of our mantras, one of our mottos, I guess you could say, is that we present the truth in love. Truth and love, as St. Paul would say. Because without one, the other one is just kind of obsolete. Without love, the truth pierces like a sword, St. Paul says. And without truth, love is actually a lie. This whole idea of love is love. Well, no, love is rooted in Christ. Love is rooted in God. God is love Himself. And without God, there is no love. But without God, there also is no truth. We have to hold those things, not even in tension, but in balance with each other. Without one, the other one is obsolete and doesn't mean anything. It's not the truth. So when we seek to approach someone and say, hey, I love you enough to tell you this, it should be because we want their benefit. We want their holiness. We want them ultimately to get to heaven. And it's not for us to determine, hey, if you keep doing this, you're not going to go to heaven. We can know some things based on the Scriptures and what the Lord has revealed to us, but that is not for us to determine. That is what judgment actually is. You're doing this, therefore you are a bad person. You are an adulterer. You are a cheater, you are a murderer, you're a gossiper, you're whatever. We don't get to label the children of God. We don't get to put a label on anyone, ourselves included. In and of ourselves, who we are, rooted in the very core of our being, we are good. We are good and there is no sin that will ever define us or make that bad, make us bad. When we start to blur those lines and cross into that territory of, you're doing this, therefore you're a bad person. Nope, that is what judgment is. But judgment never has been and never will be. Hey, you're doing this and it's not good for you. What can I do to help you? Because see, there's the other side of the coin. To present the truth in correction for someone, don't ever do that unless you are willing to walk that with them, to see them through it, even if it's through your own personal prayer. Whatever that's going to look like, don't just say, hey, you're doing this, that's dumb, stop it, and then walk away. That's truth without charity. And it damages. It pierces. And not in a good way. It cuts to the heart. But uh, On the other side is, there has to be truth with, hey, you're doing this thing which the church and scripture and the Lord himself says, you know, this isn't a good thing. But I love you anyway. Jesus loves you. Just do what you're going to do and enjoy life. There's no truth in that. We, say, we tend to say that that's love. Oh, I love this person. No, loving them is willing, being willing to challenge them. That's why sometimes you might hear a homily on Sunday or during a daily Mass that kind of cuts you to the heart. Because I love you, and I want what is best for you. And the more I get to know you, hopefully the more you get to know me, that can be a mutual type of thing. A challenge in the truth to have actual conversation and not just you do this therefore that to say I love you and I want your holiness and I want you to know the Lord in the deepest way possible and this is something that can hinder that can I walk with you through it can I pray with you through it can I talk it out with you fraternal correction has to be done in love and in truth but we also have to be willing to walk that mile with our brothers and sisters, to carry the cross with them. Jesus says in the Gospel very recently, if you want to follow after me, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow after me. That wasn't him singling somebody out in the crowd saying, you, you over there, you deny yourself, you pick up your cross, you follow after me while everybody else watches. No, even Jesus had Simon of Cyrene to help him out of love. Yes, he was pressed into it, but he ultimately chose to do that to embrace the Lord's cross with him and to enter into the passion of our Lord. That's a daunting thing, and that doesn't sound fun in any respect, but that is the way to heaven, to embrace the cross of our Lord with him, to enter into that passion, that suffering, that truth and that love with him. Love hurts sometimes. Ultimately, love looks like this. A naked man hanging on a tree, bleeding out and suffocating, because he's been crucified. That is what love looks like. If your love doesn't look like that, then I hate to tell you, but that's not actually love. That's just affection. That's just warm and fuzzies. Love demands sacrifice. But you know, on the other side of love is resurrection and new life. We can't just tell ourselves that it's always going to be a perfect ending story that friend I told you about that I corrected and approached and said, hey, this isn't the good thing that you're doing, Fred. I don't think I've spoken to him in seven or eight years. Not because there hasn't been an effort, not because of anything other than he just doesn't want to talk. And it's okay. It's unfortunate. I still pray for him. I still fast for him. i of the rosary. I remember him at Mass. Because that's what love looks like. I don't know what's gonna happen in those conversations. I'm not even gonna pretend to know how that's gonna work for you. But go boldly and with confidence, knowing that with truth and with charity, to call someone out and to offer, hey, this is not good for you. This is not what the Lord wants for you. This is not what I want for you. It's hard. It's very hard. But that's love. And that is truth. Truth and love and judgment for judgment's sake. Those are two totally different things. And without a good, authentic relationship with the Lord, without actually conversing with somebody and revealing ourselves to them a little bit, they look very similar. Truth and love and judgment for judgment's sake. But discern well, pray well, know the Lord well. Because only one of those is the right path. Only one of those is the way of the gospel. And only one of those, only one, ultimately leads to Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening. The ministry here at Christ the King is made possible through our generous donors and golden givers. If you would like to learn more or partner with Christ the King on LSU's campus, please visit www.ctklsu.org.